This is episode 662 with sports physiotherapist Kultum Bakari. So for the athletes, it is important to understand that you can't know everything and you can't do everything for yourself. Mm. You need to understand that there are components of other professionals that you need around you to help mm. you to achieve that level in being becoming an athlete's maestro, mm. be it a mind coach, a psychologist, a sports physio, a nutritionist, a sports physician. You must have these people in your corner. Mm. You may not be able to currently say afford to pay for yes. retainership, but you must have people that you can go to when the need arises. Mm. Again, also go always work with the being proactive mentality. Mm. Don't wait for things to go wrong before you act. Mm. Before you take action. Mm. Don't be reactive. Always be proactive. Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for any length of time, or you've been on my email list, you would definitely have heard me talk about my story. My journey in sports, before starting Athlete Maestro, before coaching athletes, before coaching parents, and all the things that I do now, sports law and all of that, there's no way you not have heard that this journey started with Colton Bakary. So KT, as a lot of people call her, she literally was at the beginning of that journey, especially when I tore my ACL in my knee and I had to get rehabilitation. Obviously, I had my surgery abroad. I came back to Nigeria for rehabilitation and it, it, it was literally almost like dark waters because where was I going to find a physio when I couldn't even find a doctor at the time to do the surgery? I mean, now you have you know hospitals to do the surgery and, and all of that. But back then, 11 years ago, we did not have all that. So it was more or less like destiny coming together and meeting each other at you know such a crucial point in my career, in my journey and in our journey as well because he was just back you know from the united arab emirates on a course on acl reconstruction surgery you know so we literally jammed and it was just like oh man everything literally just came together and of course um it kick-started so many things you know that i've gone on to do and of course um, fixing my knee and a lot of all those things so just in case you don't know who katie is she's a board certified sports physiotherapist she also has a master's in sports and orthopedic physiotherapy and currently she's undergoing a doctorate in sports physiotherapy as well in this university in south africa so there are going to be a lot of times during this conversation where you're going to hear that doctorate side you know so you know a lot of the technical things but I, I want you to put your thinking cap on you know because we discuss so many things we go into as much detail as time would allow us to go into and of course i told katie that we're going to bring her back on the podcast you know to delve into specific things you know you see young athletes these days you know and you're just playing your sport you're just playing your sport you're just playing your sport you know there's no awareness of your body there's nothing you're trying to do to optimize performance yes these elite athletes do this you know and it's something that is so important as a young athlete you might not be exposed to that thing but you still need the knowledge you know we talk about what a sports physio does we talk about injury prevention we talk about longevity in sports we talk about optimizing your body 
for performance. We talk about making your body aware of certain things. Like, we, we just go into detail. We talk about the lessons she has learned from pro athletes. We've talked about how other people in this um, um, medical quote-unquote world, you know, are, are so key in terms of how an athlete uses their body and so many of those things. It was a rich episode. You know, forget all the medical things that you would hear because, yes, you're going to hear that. There's no way it doesn't fuse into that. I see it adds to your knowledge as an athlete as well. You know, you're talking about hamstring grafts, ACLs, all those things. If as an athlete you're saying, oh, it's all medical, ah, doesn't really concern me. Hey, guess what? You're making a massive mistake. So look beyond the medical side. She tries to break it down, make it as practical as possible, layman's English. But trust me, you will still benefit from those things that she talks about. So if you want to understand your body as an athlete, you want to optimize your performance, then trust me, this is the episode for you. Trust me, Katie smashed it out of the park. We couldn't go into so many things because of time, but definitely we're going to bring her back. This episode, guys, is brought to you by my program, Mental Mastery. And this is one of the things that Katie talks about as well, the importance of the mental side. Trust me, it is super key, it is super important, and it's something that you cannot but do without. So head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery to sign up for that program today so that of course as you're understanding your body as you're optimizing you're getting that mental aspect in check as well when you signed up for that program come back to this episode with me and i can still call her my physio i can still call her my physio yes we haven't been in the gym or anything recently but i can still call her that with me and my physio katie backer did mention that yes we have a personal relationship and that flashes back to i think it was a, almost 11 years now when i when i had my my acl reconstruction surgery and i was coming back to nigeria and i did not know how the, the problem that i got into in the first place was because there wasn't anybody in nigeria at the time who could fix my knee so when abroad got the surgery done, I've talked about this story a few times, you know, and I've also mentioned you in that story. But now you're here live, you know, we can get <laughs> first-hand reports, so to speak. What what was that like? What were you thinking from your own perspective? Now I know my own perspective, which is, you know, I was coming back to Nigeria. I didn't know how I was going to get rehabilitation. Um, there was nobody at the time who really understood ACL reconstruction, and then you pop up. So can you tell us the story from your own end? Because I know you went for a course in Dubai. You were on your way back to Nigeria. It's more or less like, um, is it destiny, so to speak? But can you tell us that story from your own perspective? Okay, so um, from my own perspective, you know, I've had to deal with the frustration, Mm. let me use that term, of being a sports physio stuck in a hospital setting, Mm. if I can can marry that together. Now... Um, I've known that I wanted to be a sports physio from when I was a student. I loved sports and it was exciting for me when I found out that there was a specialty in physiotherapy Mm. that was related. So from then on, I continued to pursue this passion of mine. However, Mm. the opportunities to work full-time as sports physios in proper full-time sports settings Mm. were not readily available, I would say. Mm-hmm. So all of the experience I built up over time where, you know, short-term contracts, spend time with athletes in camp or tournament situations. So in a way, you constantly either see athletes who are 
at some point mm-hmm. either starting rehabilitation but you don't have the opportunity to start and finish yeah them, or there's just not enough time to start their rehabilitation because the tournament has ended and they have to go back to wherever they came from you know yeah. so that had been the dynamic per se mm. um up until fast forward to 11 years ago and i said to myself that look there are some of these rehabilitations that take long months mm. you know as at that time, as at during the time when we had your own rehab, um, the shortest HCL rehabilitation as of that time yes. was six months. Mm-hmm. Was six months. But the projection is often nine to 12 months. And even that projection is based off of how the intervention goes. Yes. You see, when you make an intervention, and things don't quite go in the direction you want. You step back, review, yeah. and try to plot the graph again differently. Yeah. You know? So, again, it's not one size fits all. So, even though you have the guidance to do what you need to do for mm-hmm. ACL rehabilitation, it's not hook, line, and sinker. That's yeah. the thing. It's not hook, line, and sinker. So, what happened to me at the time when we, uh, we met or our paths crossed, yeah. I know that it was a colleague of mine who we worked together at the time, who was now, who first told me about the fact that, oh, there's someone who had an ACL surgery. That's before we had a conversation. Yes. To say, oh, and because I think she too, she was in a transitional phase about to leave or something. Mm. Maybe she was the first person, you know, maybe contacted by mom or someone. Yes. I, I'm not sure who made the contact. However, she now said, look, I have somebody else who is gone, coming fresh out of you know having I, I actually went to spend some time in a knee and uh, a knee rehab center in Abu Dhabi. Yes, I remember. And that <laughs> was set up by I was set up by a very good uh, friend of mine who had met a year earlier at the football medicine conference mm. in South Africa as an orthopedic surgeon, is a, a US orthopedic surgeon based in Dubai. And I was like, look, I need an opportunity to, to, to see how things are done in the rehab center, even yeah. check out surgeries and everything. I said, okay, I'll fix you up. How much time do you have? And I said, obviously, you knew at that time I was working full-time in the hospital. So yeah. I had to just take some time out of my leave. So I took about three weeks. And I went. I was there every single day. Mm-hmm. And it was mind-blowing <laughs> for me because I was like, wow. So there were I saw people, let's just say I saw people complete their rehab essentially within that three weeks Mm. and the reason why i said so is because there were people who were at the beginning of their rehab there were people who were at the middle there were people towards the end you know so it gave me a good broad spectrum of what i would have maybe had to see with one athlete over a course of minimum of nine months Mm. in a short time yes so and i was very eager to also put it into practice and say okay how do we do this? Then you come along. <laughs> and remember our first conversation when I yes. had that conversation, with you, I said, are you ready to do this? Yeah. You can't <laughs> quit along the way and say, I'm not doing a game. <laughs> so go back and think about it. Well, because I know that you, uh, at the time you were like three weeks post up or something like that. Yeah. About that. About that. <laughs> and at that time you were, I was, we're going to start. I just said, look, Tola, it's not about you starting now, quitting. Yeah. Just tell me, this is the projections. Are you able to keep it up 
for this period. He said, yes. I said, it's going to get tough. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. You know, we had all the prep talk and everything. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, your own desire to return back to the sport, me, my own ability to explain to you how the journey is likely to go. But you see, expectation yes. is often different from reality. Mm. And your ability to understand yes. that. Then we decided, okay, we are ready to go. Let's go. And we started. Mm. I'm sure when we first started, you'd be like, this thing is going to kill me. <laughs> and <laughs> half the time, then again, one thing perhaps you didn't, when I was having that initial prep talk with mm-hmm. you, was that you feel like, okay, maybe it's just one hour. <laughs> How many hours do we often spend? <laughs> Definitely three to four, three, sometimes three hours, sometimes four hours. Yes. You see, that's what makes sports rehab different because you have to spend a lot of time, especially in the acute phase, mm-hmm. trying to modulate pain, swelling, and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And then you push gradually, you know, as you're seeing green lights, mm-hmm. you know, as you're seeing green light that, oh, functional capacity is improving, swelling is improving, pain is going down, is improving, then let's keep pushing it gradually. Let's keep loading gradually. But safely too, remembering that you just had a new graft of ACL, you know? And um, I think your graft was a hamstring Hamstring harvest of your own. It was Mm -hmm. an auto auto graft from your own hamstring. So you didn't have any major issues because your your tissue was what was used. I was in that Abu Dhabi place. There were some people who had allograft. Now, allograft wow. is a donor from another person. From somebody else. Yes. Wow. Yeah, from somebody else. And often, maybe even a specimen, not even a living person sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, the potential of the reaction and so yes. many other issues that can come up as a result. Then, again, some people also use the patella graft. But yes. the patella graft is a bit problematic. Mm-hmm. The hamstring too can be problematic depending on the individual. Yeah. So say, for instance, let's look at a player like Theo Walcott. Mm. Theo Walcott is very fast. He's a fast-paced yes. player. Yes. You know, now, when you see Theo Walcott's career, he may not be as fast as he used to be. Perhaps at the time, it would have been a better decision not to use his hamstring mm. craft. Because mm. hamstring, the hamstring muscle helps you to propel yes. money and maybe use another alternative, knowing the type of player is mm. perhaps, you know. Mm. But you see, there are a host of things, age factor, I don't know anything that have slowed him down. But I'm just telling you that there are some of those factors you want to consider. What type of player is this person, you know, so mm. that you, you have very minimal impact on your normal ability. And that's why I brought that example in. But however, we, we moved on and, you know, we, we put in the work. We did so many things. It's yeah. difficult for me to even talk about everything that we, we did. And you yourself could, like, when it got to a point, you were really very now eager to get back onto the field. Mm-hmm. You even felt that there were so many things you were missing before. That all of a sudden, yeah. you now seem to have these superpowers coming in and all of that. And that's why I always say that there was always room to optimize your performance, even if you're not injured. Yes, yes. Before you optimize your performance, before you prevent injuries from happening. You train your body in such a way that it has good control and avoids um, the inevitable injuries, Mm. you know. So it was really a very interesting journey for me personally because I'm like, yes. And I think really uh, we can sit here today and say 
The only reason perhaps he did not continue on that professional path of pursuing football per se was that maybe that time window sort of closed up. Yeah, the age for what you really wanted. Yeah, as a professional guest, and the that age. was why he gave it up. Otherwise, and then of course, may I mention that obviously you are also uh, <laughs> a lawyer, obviously, and so you had that education and profession to fall back on. Yes, um, and so maybe other opportunities opened up that you felt okay. Maybe it is time for me to just sort of face this one now, but I still want to be able to. To give back and the population coming behind me and learn a thing or two from our experience because i also remember that even then you consider that oh definitely i want to go into sports law specifically yeah. because of this ambition that i've had and i think that is part of the things that you're doing right now yes you know so many years down the line you are still able to achieve some of these things that you set out to do and really kudos so yes so Definitely, it was a, a very interesting uh, experience and exciting one for me too. Then, because many of those things that I was doing then, mm-hmm. that would I would say that was like like my real time first experience implementing a rehab plan for someone. Mm. It's not just I can draft. Of course, I can give you a blueprint and Go say and do. this is the <laughs> plan. Here is the paper. But it's not possible. Yes. <laughs> it's not possible to just use the paper and go away and do it. So every time we're doing any drill or every time I have to monitor your reactions yes. to it, I have to monitor time, I have to monitor so many things, your conditioning, your control. And you know, when we, the first time, when I told you, you're not kicking any ball anytime soon. Yeah, anytime soon, I remember. <laughs> so remember the first time we did our first set of football drills. Yeah, and you remember like, that day. I think that session you were like, but these things look quite easy. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. when I said, Oh, Tala, we are using these cones, this is what we do, this is what we do. Saying it, it looks easy, but doing it <laughs> something else was a lot of work. And you found out that wow, yes, it is important to always follow the steps, graduate mm-hmm. yourself, graduate from you know mild moderate to high intensity yes. and things like that all of this come together to help program work and then of mm. course the mindset you always talk about this in your podcast yeah it is very important what is up here helps the process your True. own desire to achieve that um full return to play and re- because you see return to play return to sport return to competition they're mm-hmm. a complete spectrum they're all together but across a com- yeah, different true. spectrum along that return back you know and that is what most people still gonna appreciate now but i think with a lot of things changing mm. hopefully you know back home here on the continent yes we can see more people accepting the fact that um sports medicine sports physio and all of these aspects that help the athlete achieve optimal performance are not optional yes they are an integral part of part. the process mm, mm, yeah mm, there's, an yes. inti- there's an integral and, and integral a lot of those things are, are some of the things that we're going to touch on today you know and I, and I like that you've gone through you know that story because I've, I've said this so many times to the athletes that i work with you know that the, the the shift in my mental game and my mindset i always knew that you know i was a mentally strong athlete but you see that experience going through that knowing that you were injured 
knowing that you could not rely on your body, so to speak, it, it, it kind of transformed my mentality yeah. and took it to another level due to that period that worked. I, I tried to do some research, but I didn't really, I didn't really find anything. But I think at the time, I would have been yeah. the first, at least footballer, that would have done full rehabilitation in the country from start to finish. So I'm sure if you I check. Think I, would, I would think so too. Yeah, because obviously we don't have proper record keeping. But exactly. to me, personally too, I would say. And you know my mentor in sports physiotherapy, yes. Mr. Uh, Dio Gukule. Yes. Yes. Remember he even came in in a few of our sessions, sessions yes. to, yeah, to, to kind of observe and things. And he would tell me that uh, in me long after that time, you tell me that you hating. You don't know what job achieved in this. Yeah. I don't that I've been in this business, you know, because it's always that type of setting where either in competition mode, yes. short time period, and all of that. So there is you lose the athletes to wherever they came from. From and exactly. So there's often no way to start and finish. And so he, he really he gave me very strong recommendations with that. And there are times where I'll bounce stuff off him and say, oh, this is, in as much as, again, all I remember that setting we were working in. Yes. We had very limited facilities. Yes, facilities. We had to improvise. (laughs) There were so many things I had to improvise using. And you know, when I shared that experience with my colleagues Mm. that were based abroad in more developed countries, they were like, wow, oh. That I'm all, I was trying to achieve. You remember the exercise, the yoga ball? Yes, I, yes. Everybody would think that this ball, okay, so what does this ball? This ball can make you sweat. Yeah, do so many <laughs> you things. You don't know. You just don't know how to do. You know how to use it. That's why you're not, you not sweating. Yes. So when I reached past my dog, I'm like, wow. Oh, we didn't think of it that way. Oh, so you mean you didn't have a leg press machine? Yeah, you didn't <laughs> have a leg press machine. You see, no. for the longest time, we didn't have a leg press machine. Even when we decided to start doing some sort of gym work, gym and everything, work remember yes. the, the hassle we had to go through to look for a suitable that gym had all those that things. Can, you know, yes. <laughs> and it still didn't even have all those things. You see, so at the end of the day, we just decided that look, we cannot hold ourselves down. I have to find Let's a way. Let's use what we have get what you want and see how we can improvise and mm. i'm glad that things turned out you know very very remarkably turned and out you very can share well. the story even 11 years after yes you know <laughs> it is incredible I, you said 11 years i'm like oh it's 11 years it's like it's yesterday but it's it feels years. like yesterday like yes it just feels like yesterday like wow 11 years where did the time go exactly but you haven't changed in 11 years anyway you still look the same. I, I mean i hear that i hear that a lot i'm like i'm, I'm you like see? I look- <laughs> <laughs> you haven't changed like your face it's like you know, some people have these very good genes where they don't age they age well so they don't you don't see the years on i them. still i still get people now who tell me that i can play under 17 and i completely agree yes now yeah yes you can. and i completely, you and can, I completely you, agree you still have the youthfulness and everything but anyway here we are. <laughs> you know so we, we we made it into the record books and you know that, that that's amazing i like that we're able to go through that story but for the for the athletes who are listening to us now who yes don't know what a sports physio does now obviously i know what a sports physio does you know elite athletes know what a sports physio does they have that knowledge and all of that but for the athletes who haven't come to that realization, athletes who you would tell them, 
oh, you need to stretch before you play. And they're like, what are you talking about? You mentioned optimizing performance, you know, by focusing on certain parts of your body and things like that, which we're going to come mm-hmm. to. But for those athletes, yeah. what does a sports physio do? Okay. So the thing is, I will try to also use layman's analogies at the exactly. end of the day and not too much medical jargons. But you see, so a sports physio is a physiotherapist mm-hmm. who has now enhanced specialty in the management of sports and athletic people. Mm. Now, sports in, in, the, in the context of sports participation, right? Yes. There are different levels of sports participation. So you have the elite, you have the professional, you have the amateur, and you have the recreational. Mm. You know, so you have the recreational people that just want to okay yeah, achieve. Yeah. You know, they're not competing for anything. They're yes. not there. so you know, professional, amateur, professional, and elite. Because elite is another section of professional. Yes, where you are competing at top level mm. very very top the very top of your game is where you have the elite now you could be a professional athlete but you are not an elite athlete yes See? true true exactly so it has a, a broad spectrum so now the job of a sports physio is to because we all know that engaging in sports comes with the burden of injuries whether mm. it is contact sports or non-contact whichever sports. one yes now the ability is just that the of course, the impact of injuries depend on whether contact sports is higher. Yeah. And the nature of the contact sports too matters, matters. on the type mm. of injuries. True. Football is considered as a contact sport. However, you hardly find, you know, deliberate fractures yes. in football as compared to, let's say, karate or taekwondo yes. or any and of those martial arts and all those sports. Funny sports yes. Exactly. That has very hard contact, mm. you know. So, similar things that you can suffer like you can suffer a concussion across those three spots you just mentioned mm. you know so a sports physio uh, back to our definition again now so a sports physio is an essential member of the medical team because the medical team is not just a physio yes it is another it's a complete universe of doctors specialists like from doctors to uh, mental health doctors to ob- obstetrics and gynecology, yes, yes. you know, to dermatology, to dental uh, doctors and all of that because people suffer facial injuries and so yes. many other things. Exactly. So anything you know is related to a human being. A human being can potentially suffer from. Mm. The people in sports and same thing with sports visuals are the ones who, one, prevent yes. injuries as much as possible the inevitable ones. Yes. The inevitable ones in the unlikely event that they happen, they now do the correct, the, uh, the adequate intervention to get you back on your feet, to return back to play, to sports, mm-hmm. to competition as safely and as efficiently as possible. Mm. So there are a lot of components that are responsible for how you can achieve this. Yes. And again, I would like to add that it's not only the job of a sports physio to keep an athlete to optimize the health yes. and performance of an athlete. As athletes too, you can fall ill. Mm-hmm. So it's often usually illnesses and injuries in sports, but Different. the domain of physios are injuries. 
Yeah. Illnesses are dealt with by doctors. Doctors, yes. But even as a physio, you need to recognize illnesses. Mm. Even though it's not your main domain, you need to recognize it and know what the next steps to do. Call in the doctor, send the athlete into the clinic, or you know, you need to understand all the dynamics involved in the domain. Mm. Same thing with anti-doping. Anti-doping is a component of sport where all athletes, everybody, technical, medical, officials yes. need to be aware of. So True. being a sports physio, I can't say that doping is not of my concern because I'm not the one administering any <laughs> oral medication. Yes. Actually, but the reality is that you administer topical medication yeah, and something. an athlete can dope from topical yes. medication. So it is your business. Everybody, as long as you are signed on to take care of athlete health, you have to know everything in that universe mm. and educate the athletes properly. So when an athlete um, to prevent injuries, you give the proper education, the intervention, and the implementation, as the case may be, of mm. any programs that will put often sports-specific, but there are some that are generic, that are available, that can be tailored accordingly. Mm. But again, at the beginning of our discussion, we spoke about it's not one-size-fits-all. Yes. Because I spent this much time with Paula doing his AC area, it doesn't automatically mean that is the that, work yes. I'll do with for my else. next you know, athlete yeah. and all of that and all of that. So you always constantly have to tailor things to suit the situation of the athlete that you're currently dealing with. And you mm. have to deal with them holistically, you know, as a complete individual. Yes. Yes. And that includes also the mental side of things. Yes. Which 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 we are going to so, which we are going to come to. Yes. So now let me put the analogy in layman's terms. So, a physiotherapist is your body mechanic. Mm. Yeah. Now, your body mechanic, <laughs> meaning that you don't go, you don't only go to the mechanic until your car breaks down. Yes. You go to the mechanic for routine checks to optimize the performance of your car. Mm. Yes. So, if you do that regularly, then you should you do that regularly with your physio too. So now, as a responsibility to ensure that, okay, am I optimizing everybody on this team to ensure they, they give their best at any yes. given time? Yeah. Now, in the unlikely event that your car breaks down, you still call the same mechanic to come and help you figure out what the issue is and fix it. So the same way sports physio would do. For a sportsman, a physio would do for a layman. So now, the simplest analogy I can give mm. is that a physiotherapist is your mechanic. So your sports physiotherapist as a sportsman is your mechanic. You must have your sports physiotherapist on speed dial. Same yes. way you have your mechanic. If anything happens in an yes. emergency, you call your physio. <laughs> you see? Sure. So that's the kind of relationship you should have. You know, and they can they are also positioned to educate you, even if the physio is not the first intervention you would have. Mm -hmm. Your physio because of the way the professional training is and the professional yes. is, would recognize the situation you are in mm. and give you the best advice on how to channel um, what you need to do. So, mm. yes. you, 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 answered, you answered my next question because that's what I was going to ask. I was like, <laughs> okay, yes, we have this broad definition of who a sports physio is. Why yes. do athletes now need the sports physio? So that's what you have answered, you know, in terms of more or less like your body mechanics. So it's not only when the engine has knocked. Yeah, you know, when, okay, so you know, let me just add to that that athletes yeah. should understand that sports participation comes with the burden of injuries. Yes. 
but how to minimize that burden and still enjoy participating and have longevity in your career mm. as an athlete. All of these have to come together and yeah. that is the job of your sports physio to ensure that all of this, your, your health is protected, your performance is optimized and you have longevity. Mm. Longevity in your career is very important. Yes. It's very, very important because it doesn't make any sense to say, oh, we had this very brilliant athlete mm. who won, you know, <laughs> you know, prepared for the Olympics for four yes. years, won this amount of gold medals and then went into the doldrums. True. <laughs> because of injury. Yes. You know, there are some injuries that, again, that, you know, potentially life-threatening injuries that athletes may not come back from mm-hmm. and they may not necessarily suffer from their sports. Mm, you know, yes, there are yes. some there, there are some sports that are high risk. Like, you know, all this winter sports, they're very high risk of, winter you know, sports, yes. skidding off the, yes, yes. the cliff and, you know, and all of that. You know, suffering from head injuries and everything. But as much as possible, these athletes also have to have the proper education mm. regarding the dangers and be on point. Their yeah. coordination, proprioception, uh, 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 and um, uh, balance training. Because yes. you cannot be skilling and you have no balance. Yeah, it, it can work. You know, true. so all of the other components that make an athlete optimize their performance are also essential. But in those very high risk sports, extreme sports, you know, it is important athletes to understand the risk the burden that the sport mm. comes with yes. and how can we stay in a safe zone mm. for you to optimize your performance but also not put yourself at a life-threatening zone so at the end of the day it has fractured multiple places in the leg and it takes them a while to come back but they mm. come back to the sport some mm. people ordinarily before it's a it's a career ending yes the career-ending um, uh, injury, injury. Mm. not often, not not the case anymore. Especially when a lot of advancements in medical practice and sports medicine practice, so many things have advanced since that eleven years no, we had course. our first contact. Of so, course. you know, so a lot of things are changed, and things will continue to change. The of dynamics course. will continue to change. So the athlete needs to just understand that look, you cannot just keep oh. I have this, uh, oh, I sustained an injury at, at training. Mm-hmm. And I will walk it off. Or yes. I will put a boniki. Oh, this reference I'll is for Nigerians. Yes. You understand? <laughs> I'll massage it. No. The, the, the first thing about medical practices, if you don't know what to do, do no harm. Yes. Yes. Do no harm. So yes. no, there's nothing wrong in calling somebody who knows what to do to do and can advise you appropriately mm. you know yes. so because i've had to do a lot of virtual consultation virtual things to talk about because all my all the athletes that i've had to work with preparing for olympics paralympics everybody's yes. locked down yes. you know so many things they're asking questions you have to answer these questions so yeah. it's a way of you know assuring them in some cases letting them understand that oh Yes, you are not training at the intensity that you would normally do things with. You know, but, but still better yes. to maintain 
certain threshold mm. when things open up and yes. you resume back to camp and all that. So you the, minimize risk of yes. injury. And you mm. just shoot up the intensity of your training without going gradually, you know. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. True. There are two things that you mentioned, which 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 I want to take you up on, yes. because I have to be mindful of your time, you know, and and release you on time, so to speak. But definitely, we have to come back. We have to come back and do this. Yes. You yeah, mentioned definitely. optimizing performance several times, yes. and you've also mentioned yes. injury prevention. Let's start yes. with that optimizing performance. There's an athlete that's listening to us now, and has yes. heard optimized performance, optimized performance, optimized performance. Now, yes. what does that mean? One. And can you share maybe one or two ways that athletes can start optimizing their performance? Okay. So the first thing about optimizing performance is that when you want to, when you're starting out as a competitive athlete, mm. it is important to take, to make, to have proper documentation from your medical records to, you know, you doing your training yeah. as it were training sessions. And this is, uh, and setting goals. Mm. So when you set the goals and you, you use the yardstick of, okay, I'm trying to meet up with, let's look at track athletes, for instance. Mm -hmm. A cousin is a track athlete yes. competing at national level and all that. Now we look at, this is the uh, required time, right? For me to achieve qualification for this particular tournament. Yes. So, and you want to now start out, you map out your program for the season to say, at the beginning of the season, this is my time. Yes. By the time I'm approaching towards my competition, this is my projected time. Yes. Now, for an athlete, for a track athlete, who is doing, you know, sprints, 100 meters, 200 meters. Now, they need a lot of um, cardiopulmonary endurance. Mm. You know, it's short sprints, quite all right, but you need to optimize your, your cardio. Um, so you, you need to have what is called um, conditioning yes. such that your heart, when you are doing your short races, even though your heart will pump up, you know, your heart rate, your, your heart rate will go up considerably, yes. but it will not be out of the safe zone mm. for you to achieve your desired goal. Mm. So you now, you now begin to pick up things that will help you do conditioning of your cardiovascular system. Now, this is just one of many things because yes. you also need your muscles too because you are going to race. Mm -hmm. You see? So you need what is going to help you build up my muscle bulk. Yes. Right? That will give me enough oxygen to be able to complete my race at a time where it's desirable and it won't be that I have, I'm completely I'm a, at a point of exhaustion. Yes. So a lot of comments, that's why I said you now have to start training your muscles effectively. There's a pro, there are programs called resistive muscle training because you want to build the bulk yes. gradually. And the only way you can do that is to task your muscle further than what you would normally be able to do. Mm. But you have to do it gradually. Mm. For cardio yeah. conditioning, for instance, maybe you spend uh, 20 minutes at a speed of uh, at a, maybe 20 kilometers per hour yeah. on the treadmill. Then you've done that for like 
first two weeks, then you want to progress yourself to mm. now I want to spend more t- time and increase my speed magically. Yes. Once my body has conditioned to that and I can do that without panting, I can just walk off the treadmill as if I've not done anything, then it is time to progress again. So these are some of the things that athletes can do. And that's why, again, I, I mentioned earlier, there's no one size fits all. So once we look at what is the goal that the athlete wants to achieve, then we'll set these parameters accordingly and implement them. For mm. footballers, you want to run around the pitch for a minimum of 90 minutes, you must have good endurance yeah. for it to last that long. So you have to do a lot of conditioning programs. You have to do a lot of, you know, building your muscle. You are not, yeah. you are not going to hypertrophy your muscle too much, but you must have that muscle endurance and have enough to make sure that even when you are done with your 90 minutes, you can walk off like a rock star and yes. nothing happens. So yes. you you always go and do normal recovery programs later, just to get off all the tiredness and everything. Um, I remember when back in those days, I would say, "Tola, do ice bath, mm, yes, do this, yes. do this for recovery." Yes. You know. So now, when you see the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo soaking himself in a bowl of full of ice, just ice, and people wonder that. Uh, so why is this, why is this guy doing what he's mm. doing? But you see. Ha- trying to help his body recover. So all of that goes hand in hand to optimize your performance. That means your performance is better over a period of time, time. and it is sustained. It is mm. sustained. It's not up a short ride and you go back. And then you go back. It is yes. sustained. So you can now, for the next season, you can build on that. Yeah, good. So basically what I hear you saying is optimizing. When you talk about optimizing performance, it's preparing your body to achieve the result. So the goal that you have set, (laughs) preparing your body to be able to perform, to achieve that particular goal. And of course, that's where, you know, sports physios come in, in helping you do that. Let's move to injury prevention. How can athletes prevent themselves from getting injuries? Now, like like we've talked about here, it's not something that you are 100% in control of. But (laughs) certainly there are certain things you can do Mm -hmm. that help you further. Yes. Okay, so... Preventing injuries is, or what has been identified is that mm. doing structured exercise program, neuromuscular control related program, mm. help reduce the risk of injuries. Now, helping the re- so there's something called neuromuscular means your body's and proprioception is your body's awareness to things. Yes. If you are, if your body is more aware to certain things, then you are at less risk of things happening for, to you without you being aware. Mm. So it's like heightening your, even if layman's terms, heightening the awareness of your body. Yes. In the activity you are immersed in, in mm. your sport, that can help you reduce the risk, you know? Mm. Because the, the thing about it is that it doesn't completely eliminate injuries or it minimizes the risk True. you know so it minimizes the risk in such a way that at the end of the day especially for evitable injuries remember earlier i was talking about evitable and inevitable yes inevitable are caused by factors out of your control Other people, yes <laughs> so you are trying to kick a ball another person runs into you although part of the injury prevention strategies also particularly because most of my work is in football now, is modifying the rules of the game. You know, because you see over time, 
the mm. rules of the game have also tried to protect yes. uh, players. So now, things like booking for intent mm. was probably not in existence before. So if a player now? knows I'll get booked, even if I don't injure this other player, then you will think twice about doing that act. Now, mm. if a player is rooted to the ground, and you see an upcoming player, you don't stay rooted, you jump or you skip. Yeah. You avoid it. Mm. You understand? So you avoid it, but you don't, you don't, you're not, you're not more aware of, oh, if I stay in this position and this person rams into me, I'm, I may probably, you know, sprain yeah. my ankle. But if I skip to the side and I have the ability to do that leap in a fraction of a second yeah. to the other side and avoid that onrushing, defender or whatever, you've prevented yourself from suffering an injury mm. you had control over mm. to say, this is not going to happen as yeah. much as possible. So again, when you're doing, uh, so it's about neuromuscular facilitation, mm. different structured exercises that help you. So from strength, coordination, uh, plyometrics, balance, uh, running, and ability to, you know, agility, dexterity um so many factors that are, are help you in such a way that your body is now heightened you mm. know yeah like you have your own spider senses now yes and they are active you mm. activated them that's essentially what injury prevention is now again it doesn't work in isolation yes in the context of just sports physios alone there are so many things that also contribute to of injury course. prevention nutrition is very important mm, nutrition mm. hydration mm. mental state of mind yeah so it's a combination of components but i'm just trying to just highlight in yes. terms of we use structured exercise program you know mm. to help make sure that your awareness um uh, that awareness protection of your body yes. and it's it's switched on it's always switched on to mm. oh, fantastic and that's why i said that's why i said we have to we we definitely have to get you back you know to go into some of these details you know it's so that it, it, it's fully explained yes. but what, what i hear you say and which i feel is the most important part for athletes to take away is that your body needs to be prepared for the rigors it is going to go through in that sport and if your body Most is definition. not prepared, if your body is not aware of what it needs to go through, that's when you are pulling this, you know, you are straining that, you know, and doing all of those that's things. So it. I think that's the, exactly. that's the first part in terms of getting your body ready. I mean, for example, I, given my structure and my frame, I can't say I want to go and play rugby because I just don't have that frame. So I would need to put on some muscle. So you have to build up the exactly. frame. Exactly. You have to build up the frame. For you to be able to fit into that sport, that particular sport, you know, so that that, that, that that's amazing. I have to be mindful of your time, but you know, we have not talked about <laughs> recovery and mental and all of that, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> you've been yes. you've been fortunate enough to volunteer, you know, at the World Cup in Germany, two thousand and eleven. Um, you've worked with national teams, so certain national teams in Nigeria, the basketball female yes. team, you know, and some yeah. of all those other things. Can you tell us some of the things that you have learned? about pro athletes in the work that you've done it could be anything it could be you know from how mentally tough they are or their attitude to training or how they dedicate themselves to their sport but because you have been in close circuits with these athletes you've seen them do 
what they do behind the scenes. You know, I always say that for the fans, you get to see the finished product, so to speak, when they are exactly. on TV. You know, but people like yes. the coaches, sports physios, medical professionals, you know, mindset coaches like myself, you see what happens behind the scenes in all the work you have done, the teams that you have worked with. Can you tell us some of the things you've learned from working with these professional athletes? Okay, so I'll divide it into the two dynamics. Mm. Now, the two dynamics in the context of having to have worked with these athletes outside of the continent. Mm. Uh, let me even say three. Having to have worked with professional athletes outside of the country, mm-hmm. having to have worked with professional athletes from outside of the country in the national team setting, yes. and having to have worked with you know, national athletes, mm. you know, for national setups. Yes. So um, the first one is the first thing you see is the discipline, mm. the discipline across that spectrum is completely different. And an athlete's discipline, mm. you know, the ability of this athlete to follow a strict regimen. Yes. You know, like, let, let me give an example of Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt said, when he wanted to set out his career, mm. right? He knew he had to give up a lot of things. Yes. Hmm. To be able to be on top of his game. And he knew it was not going to be forever. And he was convinced that this is the path I want to pursue right now and have to give it everything it takes. Giving it everything it takes means also letting go of some things. Yes. At this point mm. in time. Now, when he decided that, okay, it is time for me to, I think I've done everything I want to do. <laughs> yes. It's time for me to hang it up. People were wondering, what happened? What happened? Now, it is not time for me to live the life that I now want to live. Want to, and, exactly. You know, early and do whatever. And we said, both bust onto the scene and captivated the whole world yes. and then went into retirement. Mm. You see? Because that was the plan he had set out for himself. Yes. You know? So, you must have a plan. And whatever that plan needs, you must be able to give it. Mm. So if they say there is strict um, um, regimen of when the team goes to practice, you can't mm. afford to be tardy. You can't yes. afford to be tardy and miss the bus or whatever. And then you are not at you are not at you know practice mm. going with the team with the, the with the team when it leaves the, the campsite to the bench. So all of these things that I observed, I was like, wow, time. You don't, you don't play with time. Mm. When it is time for recovery immediately after uh, training, training or immediately mm. after a match, everybody reports. Nobody is running after them to say, <laughs> come and do this, come and do, do, you, do you understand? You know, yes. this is one of the battles. It's a running battle uh, right now in our own national teams. Mm. And that's the truth. You keep, you know, people want to disappear and they've forgotten that look. Uh, we start the next day. Competition is not over yet. Yes. Uh, you know? So things like that. But it's happening, especially for local athletes when you are in the camp setting mm. and you constantly have to be pursuing them to come for their follow-up appointments in the clinic when the clinic is open and things like that. Again, the scenario of our professional athletes coming into um, that, especially um, coming into camp who have played pro um, sports, their mentality too is different Mm. compared to, because now they have sort of been immersed in the environment where things work. Mm -hmm. Everything is strictly by the schedule. You cannot afford to be tardy on all that. 
So please, they, they are constantly proactive. Mm. I think that is just proactive. the summary of the gist. Mm. You have to be proactive as an athlete. Mm. You have to be proactive as an athlete, not reactive. Yes. Proactive. You have mm. to be proactive as an athlete. So I think I think really that is that is the key thing I learned in all the time that I've had to work uh, uh, internationally or voluntary. And the reason why I even did that in the first place was to get the exposure and the yes. experience. How mm-hmm. are things done? Yeah. Exactly. In the setting, in the real life setting of a big tournament like FIFA World Cup. Mm. You know, wow. and from then on, I was able to make you know, considerable networks in sports medicine and mm-hmm. sports physio that have lasted till this day and are now giving me more responsibilities. Mm. At, it's like the more recognition you get, the more responsibility that comes with it. Of yes. Which, yes, of which I now in turn as, you know, uh, a sports physio from Nigeria always, uh, constantly always have to put the representation forward that look, some of these challenges we have is not because it's not of our own making as it were, mm. but we want to make the best of our situation. True. But I, I have constantly uh, said to myself that it is important for me to be proactive about the next generation of sports mm. physios. Mm. That mm. is the, that is the passion project yes. that I've been working on now since I have more or less been, out of full-time practice, yes. you know, full-time employment mm-hmm, as a physio mm-hmm. and now a full-time student. So I have a pool of physios, spot physio potentials mm. that I'm mentoring across education, across practice, across placement, and just letting them understand that the journey is not that nobody is going to, because you say you're a spot physio and then somebody offers you mm-hmm. a job. No, yeah. you have to prove yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have to prove yourself, constantly prove yourself. You have to be passionate about what you yes. do. Mm-hmm. And you have to make it show. Yes. If you're passionate about what you do, you may not get your, you must develop your clinical and your, you, you know, your clinical acumen and your ability to um, impact the mm. life of players and what you think you can do. So mm. you must be quick to want to volunteer. I've told, I've given them the idea of the spirit behind volunteering, yes. giving you exposure, giving you experience, and so many other things that you won't even imagine that you'll get. Be able to, you know, yes. So all of those things yeah, are coming together, and now the mentality is changing gradually. Mm. You know, they'll just be like, "Oh, yes, uh, it's time for me to go and do my recovery." program mm. um, i will or I'll come to the clinic oh when should i come to the clinic this is your time i write 10 minutes before that yeah. before that appointment set time mm-hmm. you know something some of them are there 30 minutes before time just because they feel like okay i want to start on my time on the yes. and all that i want to be doing some other things i may be able to while i'm waiting mm. on my treatment time so mm. things have changed but there's still a lot of work for us to do and um it is amazing that in Nigeria up until now, kind of uptake of sports physios yes. is still very poor. Mm. It's still very poor. True. There are a lot of people who have gained the postgraduate experience in terms of earning a certificate, but how many people have actually gained the experience, the hands-on experience? Yes. There are limited opportunities for them to do this, and we are hoping that Practically. you know mm. things will continue to change. 
change. Because mm. Pastor is not just writing long, long stories on a piece no, of, of course, paper. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> and it makes it, it so makes sense not, how how you have brought all of that together. So from the discipline to being proactive and all of that. And you see, the thing about conversations yes. like this is that yes. time flies and time has absolutely gone. So I, I, I definitely oh, wow. have to let you run. <laughs> but before you go, yes. final question. The reason I named the podcast Athlete Maestro was because yes. I wanted to help athletes master their craft of being an athlete, one of which is everything that we have talked about today. Because obviously, if you're not optimizing your yes. body, there's no way that you can perform. So I wanted to give back, you know, like we talked about earlier, my experience mm -hmm. in sports, everything that I know. And of course, the deficiency that I've seen in the knowledge departments for young athletes. You want to be a professional yeah. athlete. Nobody tells you what it's going to entail. You just Nobody walk, tells you what to expect. Exactly. You just walk <laughs> purely based off of passion. I love this thing. Then you get in there and you see that, oh, wow, it's a different ballgame. That's why I named the podcast Athlete Maestro. What, in your estimation, does it mean to be a master of your craft? So we're talking about sports now. Okay. So for the athletes, it is important to understand that you can't know everything and you can't do everything for yourself. Mm. You need to understand that there are components of other professionals that you need around you to mm. help you to achieve that level in being becoming an athlete's maestro, mm. be it a mind coach, a psychologist, a sports physio, a nutritionist, a sports physician. You must have these people in your corner. Mm. You may not be able to currently say afford to pay entrepreneurship. But you must have people that you can go to when the need arises. Mm. Again, also go always work with the being proactive mentality. Mm. Don't wait for things to go wrong. Before you act. Mm. Before you take action. Mm. Don't be reactive. Always be proactive. So as if for an athlete, if you want to master your craft and you want to be on top of your game, go and investigate top athletes. Mm. Mr. Ronaldo, I understand. Cristiano Ronaldo, after winning the, I think the last Champions League, he won uh, with Real Madrid, right? Yes. When he won that Champions League with Real Madrid, he had um, his personal physios. He has three personal physios, physios. on wow. his payroll. Apart from the one the club that the had, team has, yes. Wow. That the team has, exactly. Because he understands the value that this body of mine, mm. it must always be top shape. You know, so from, you know, recovery to prevention to so many things, I need to always make sure that this body of mine is in constant shape. So at least it's understand that they need a team around them. I need a good team to help you optimize and get to that level mm. of your potential. That is, mm. that is my, that is my parting shot for today. And I know we will still have to come back again and discuss over and over again. But yes, here we are. No, definitely you have to come Let's back. But I hope, and... yes, I hope it doesn't take as long as this one has taken. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I I hope so too. Yes. To, to to put this together. But wow, this has been amazing. It's been educative. You know, I I more or less kind of had to transport myself back to eleven years ago to start <laughs> learning a few of all these things because, like you said, at that yes. point, even I didn't know all these things. All I knew was I want to play. Yeah. I need the opportunity to play and all of that, but there were That's so all. many things that I didn't understand, but definitely we have to bring you back. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sparing the time. And, Thank you know, you like, 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 like I was saying, and like I tell people, I've not seen someone who is as passionate as for sports as you are, you know, to taking chances, to invest in our own money, 
to doing certain things that you'll be like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's purely yeah. from that passion angle. So I have to really, really, really appreciate you, everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything that you're still going to do. Thank you so much, Tala. Thank you. And thank you for really putting this Achilles Maestro stuff together. It's been, it's been rewarding I've, since we've had a couple of the podcasts and I've seen how it has been changing people's lives. It is really very, it's really very commendable. Thank you very much. Amazing. Please tell, tell us how we can find you. Maybe that's Instagram, Twitter, your personal website. How, how can we connect with you? <laughs> okay. So um, I'm on Instagram at Cool Boulevard and also on Twitter. Uh, at Cool Boulevard. Essentially, I think those are the only two I keep up with for right now. Mm. As for personal website, I don't have a personal website yet, but it's, it's coming soon, mm. as it were. Then, uh, I mean, via email, I'm also reachable. It's cool too much at gmail.com. Cool too much at gmail.com. Yes. Fantastic. So, you guys take the opportunity. <laughs> you want to understand your body you want to understand how things work send her an email follow her on instagram yeah i'll be course, happy to to respond to your questions exactly and give you some tips and you know signpost you if need be or yeah, when exactly don't worry i'm going to put all the details in the show notes so you don't have to master it you know and start writing down you get it in the show notes. So <laughs> yes and sure to connect with her and of course ask your questions thank you so much for coming on Katie. Wow. Like, you know, I was listening back to that episode, you know, and it, it literally, I have to be honest, it, it just took me along that journey all over again from the beginning, you know, in terms of how it all started, how we met, you know, working together. I still have my diary where I used to write out um, the the things I had to do in the gym, the sessions we had per day, you know, and like I said in the episode, it literally just skyrocketed, you know, my mental game, you know, that that, that mental toughness that I had. And you also hear the point where, you know, she, she, she talks about what led to me doing this. Like, there's so much information that young athletes are not exposed to, that young athletes don't have, that young athletes don't know about. And, of course, that is what has birth athlete master. So, you, you've heard the beginning. Yes, there were a lot of story parts there, but I'm sure you got tangible knowledge in terms of the kind of attention you should pay to your body. Yes, you might not be able to afford a sports physio, but there have to be people that you can call to ask. Oh, I need to do this. And of course, I think it's next week on the podcast. You know, I'm talking about the people you should surround yourself with as an athlete. The most important people you should surround yourself with. And one of those people is people that take care of your body. So sports physios, uh, you know, nutritionists, you know, personal trainers. You see, it's important, guys, that you understand your body. And I hope that you've been able to pick one or two things from this. Follow KT on Instagram at Cool Boulevard. She's on Twitter as well, at Cool Boulevard. Don't worry. I'm going to put all this in the show notes for you guys you can also send her our email cool too much so that's k o l number two much at gmail.com k o l number two like number two m u c h at gmail.com she would absolutely love to hear from you, you have any questions you know there's that injury that has been niggling you that has been bothering you send her an email she would respond yes you might not be able to afford a physio but an email at least gets you on the right path to some of the things that you can do some of the things that you can try and all of those things absolutely special episode we've been looking to do this for a while i'm finally glad that we're able to put it together for you guys so that you can start understanding your body more and start optimizing performance so it gets you to the level that you want to be head over to the website guys check out all the other episodes resources free and paid all of it geared to helping you break your mental and physical limitations in sports so this is part of that physical angle helping you break 
those mental and physical limitations in sports and also understand that sports is a business if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you haven't left us a rating and review what are you waiting for what exactly are you waiting for it will take you literally 20 seconds and it will be a way of thanking us for the podcast and also letting other athletes know that this is a worthwhile resource they can use to take their game to the next level to take their game to the next level athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe and of course if you enjoyed this episode do not forget to share it send it to your teammates send it to your fellow athletes let them learn something for this and of course let them also subscribe to the podcast if you have any questions send me a mail tola at athletemaestro.com send katie a mail cool too much at gmail.com i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing is not enough you must apply willing not enough you must do i want you to go out there start optimizing your body for performance i want you to go out there and i want you to be a maestro today and every single day